Welcome back to Push Push. I'm Danielle Davis. I'm Shannon Kessler. And we are your girlfriend's guide to Formula One racing. And we are back. We it's are. Week. It's race week. It's race week. Woo! We made it. Summer we break made it. came. Summer break stayed for a long, 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 long time. And now we are back to race week. We are going to spa. My favorite. And know what spa means. It means there's going to be some red. Some wet tracks. (laughs) Wet racing. And you know, that gives me the most anxiety, but that puts Danielle's heart into like this. Oh, I love it. All of last year's was a disaster. Uh, (laughs) Last year's spa was a shit show. It was a rule. And the big question is will it rain again at spa? The answer to that is. Yes. Uh, they said it's to, according to, I mean, not weather.com, but uh, <laughs> it's a similar scenario as possible as the medium reports that there's a high chance of rain on Saturday and Sunday on Thursday. Mm. It's still expected to be dry, but on Friday, oops, the rain comes in, it starts with thunderstorms in the afternoon and a 70% chance of rain. So uh, with an 80% chance of rain on Saturday and 80% on Sunday. So looks like we're going to get a wet track. Wet track it is. Let's go. And you know who Let's loves the go. wet track? Those Brits. The Brits oh, just yeah. love a wet track. Lando is part Belgium too. Did you know that? No. His mom is Bel- is from Belgium. She's Belgian. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at that. There you go. Now you know. Now I know. <laughs> now you know. Uh, bad news though for Spa is they they haven't decide if it's going to be on the calendar for next year. You know, uh, here's where I stand with that. that's rude. It is. It is. rude. I know you love spa. It's one of Danielle's favorites. Uh, Everybody loves spa. I mean, not maybe every fan, but all the drivers do. And I have the notes to prove it. So (laughs) yeah, it is when it's not stopping, soaking wet and creating the most anxiety for every person on the team. I don't blame them for not wanting to go back year after year of, putting themselves in this emotional anxiety, this turmoil of stress. <sighs> well, I have a feeling that the, but you know, the fans in that area know that that's what they're going to get, you know, and the rest of us fans just have to saddle up. Oh my God. The rest of us watched the race like this, like through our fingers, like well, we barely had a race last year. <laughs> that's the right. Wasn't that, this is the race that wasn't, but it, right. Cause uh, they called it like, yeah. I don't know, nine laps in or something. It was, it was like, it was no race. It was really no race. It was just a bunch of water. <laughs> yeah. Well, just some fun facts on that. It's not, and these are not fun. These are sad facts, sad facts, <laughs> sad facts brought to you by push push. <laughs> um, there's a 24 race limit for the 2023 season. And there are already 22 rounds this year. So that's why there's so many races in doubt. And you know, the drivers don't love the chance of losing spa max Verstappen. It would be a big shame to lose spa said the world champion who enjoys a home crowd reception due to its proximity to the Netherlands. It's my favorite track in the world. Hmm. I mean, you heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> I think it's just an amazing tr- track in a formula one car. Lando Norris, who is half Belgian from his mother's roots added. I think spa should always be there as long as formula one exists. Uh, and Christian Horner and a bunch of other people have said that they think that like that, not like that Monza Silverstone spa, um, and Monaco should have like, those should be 
Yeah, and that they're like the icons, like the totems of the sport, and that those ones should like, no matter what it comes in terms of like revenue or nonsense, that the some track should be like protected, you okay. know, like historic yeah. landmarks per se. You know what? For once, I'm going to agree with Christian Horner. I, yeah. agree that I agree with it too. He I said, agree. it's great that there's these new events coming in and there's interest, but you've got to have that history. It'd be like the ATP tour without Wimbledon. And he's kind of right. He is right. You know, and that is kind of coming on the heels of, I know that the U S is, is gaining traction and popularity with formula one, which means that, you know, in the U S we're going to be able to host three races. Now the newest one adding to the calendar in 2023 is Las Vegas and being reported that it is MGM is buying up to $25 million worth of hotel rooms, which is bullshit. But here's where it gets really interesting because formula one is owned by Liberty media. Formula One and Liberty Media are doing the promoting for this, <laughs> for this race, which means they don't have to pay a third party promoter. So they're saving a shit ton of money by not having to hire anybody to promote these races, which means that it's going to be in the land of the lawless of like the wild, wild west well, yeah. on how to promote this because people are like, great, we don't have to adhere to anybody else's you know, ticket. Got, yeah. So great. So MGM's like, so sweet. we're going to take 25 mil of these rooms. We're going to create these grand experiences. I mean, these things are going for over like a hundred thousand dollars for a hotel package with tickets. Now, granted, I know that there's like a certain level of fan that's going to be able to experience that. And those are probably more global fans than like race day fans, but this no, is- those are corporate yeah. fans. That's right. like what, I mean, they're basically doing another Miami. I mean, we heard that from Andy yeah. that like, you know, it was like the prices were absurd. I mean, we even like looked into going to Miami. I mean, not totally feasibly, but they're pricing out the, the like, fans, the regular is- consumer, the average consumer, which this is going to be a big expense no matter what, but it shouldn't be like going to a Super Bowl to go to every single race certainly they can be super bowl level experiences yes but not i mean you're you're really telling your fans like the new fan you're like box box and you should be telling push push and they're not they're they're like like, you gotta box box all your money if you want to push push to an event i mean (laughs) exactly i mean i didn't know being a spectator of the sport like this is a sport i can't even participate in well, like we at could least, if we go to Europe or Mexico or I mean, some maybe of these I other could get JPs. like a get in the sim. Maybe I should get into virtual racing if I really want to like feel a part of it. But like just to spectate this sport it is crazy amounts of money just to get the merch to feel oh, the connected merch is so to the drivers and the teams is so expensive. Yeah, and I love to spend money on clothes, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> It's just, I, I think that it's just like a shame. Of course, everything you need to have, you don't need to, but they have these premium experiences. You, you make your money, boo-boo. Like nobody's mad about it, but I think that it's a detriment to the growth of the sport to price out like New fan. Like all fans, yeah, majority all of fans. fans. Yeah. I mean, like, and even, you're even pricing out people who are well-to-do but just not uber rich, obviously to attend like 
high level sporting events, it's, you know, you're having to make concessions in budgeting, but you're even pricing out people who like have disposable income, but are like, oh, I'm not going to be able to use all of it yeah. <laughs> to go to one thing. Like, I mean, my kids got to go to college. So like, I yeah. don't want to tap into the reserve. <laughs> But, but that's just how like absurdly expensive these things are going to be. Nuts. It's yeah, it's it really is. Shame. It is a shame. It is a shame on you, F1. <laughs> how dare. How dare. <laughs> We're um, just trying to be good fans and support you, but you're making it real hard. I did have this point. Like if you get an experience where, for example, if you were going to go and get a ticket for the paddock, right? And like you right. were able to walk around the paddock there's, I don't really know. And, and if you know this, please let me know. Is there another sport out there that you could be that close to the actual athletes? Well, football you can, if you're like, day, so to speak, like if yeah. you're on sidelines, I understand that, but like, you're not in the locker room with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like in the paddock, you could legit walk with them. I mean, not like holding hands with Lewis, but like use your camera to like, you know, follow him walking down the paddock to get to where he's going. So like, it's interesting to see like the close quarters that you could be like, if you were, you know, in the Red Bull um, VIP lounge and you're in the paddock, you could legitimately be sitting two tables, you know, down from Christian Horner before he goes on the pit wall. Like yeah. what other sport can you actually do that in? I mean, I, I think I don't football's know the only comparable one because you can be so like there are experiences where you can be so close to right. them, but that I mean, it's not but it's like, it's not going to. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, and I guess you could interact with the players and stuff like that, but I mean, the football is, I think the only comparable, they're not letting you in like the dugouts at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, golf, get- you can get kind of close to people, but you're not like getting into the inner workings. Obviously there's no cars, you know, right. But- <laughs> yeah. So I just found that interesting. And, you know, as we get to learn more about the sport and we're getting, you know, deeper into the history of the sport, um, you know, we get more invested and we want to, we want to experience it firsthand. I know. And you have some, you have some big things prepared for us. Okay. So we're going to talk history and Shan has, has had a, has been saving her grievances all for this exact moment. So um, it's my time. It's my time. (laughs) If you are a Fernando Alonso fan, it may be time for you to just, you know, move on to another episode. Another or you can else. sit here with me and take the journey that you as an Alonso stan already know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think she, this is really like Shannon's F1 thesis. She's yeah, presenting it's- to I got a lot of notes on this Ooh. motherfucker. I really do. Okay. Well, here's, I will just here's sit back thing. and let you drive the bus from here on out. This this episode will be titled Fernando Alon's No Prince of Darkness. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> underline bold. Underline. It actually is underlined. <laughs> oh, Prince of Darkness. What is this, a Harry Potter book? Well, because it kind of feels, I mean, 100% Alonzo would be sorted into the Slytherin hat. He would be the professor of dark arts. Like Team Snape all day, every day, but not in a good way. Not when, not what we find about Snape, but like, he just never got out of the, the, the alley of like, well, he is getting a green hat next season. So 
There you it's go. all starting it's all, to make It all sense. comes back to Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> and Mean Girls. Just bring it all back to that. Lawrence Stroll sometimes feel like he could take down the defensive ministry. I'm just saying. Lawrence Stroll is kind of a Malfoy, so. Yeah, see, he's adjacent. I, yeah. I, I stand by all of this. Okay. Um. So what we need to know about Alonzo before going into this, if you are new to the pod, welcome. We're glad you're here. <laughs> I just if you're new, <laughs> you should know that Shannon hates Fernando Alonso and has been preparing this moment her whole life. I've never. OK, I will say when I started watching Drive to Survive, you know how like sometimes you just need like at least one villain to kind of root for. Fernando yeah. was it for me when I first I was like, OK, wait a minute. I don't think I hate him, but if I'm going to hate him. I'm going to hate him because he seems like he could be a dirty duck, you know, like he could be doing some backstreet alley deals to get himself a little further. Little did I know until I started deep digging deeper that he is nothing but back alley deals. <laughs> and this is just how he has gotten to where he's gotten. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. So my sniffer on a shady motherfucker is real good. So this is where I start. Okay. Well, okay. Here we go. Well, here we go. I mean, here's once the- upon a time, there was a boy <laughs> named, named Fernando. Fernando <laughs> Born in Spain. <laughs> he was, got into carding and was a super carter. And we're talking like Mario Kart probably could have had, you know, his own character in the video game. He was great. He won all kinds of championships, did wonderful. And then um, got it made his debut in Formula One in 2001 with a team called Minardi. And then he joined Renault in 2002. Mm, I know this is one of the greats. Well, <laughs> well, the greats, but also just when rebrand. we're going to get into a lot rebrand of rebrand again. Forget Re- Alpine. Let's go back to Renault. Okay. Well, we're going to have to take it down to the studs with Renault because <laughs> they are steeped in shady as well. <laughs> um, but so. joined Renault in 2002, had a lot of success there, did great, won his only two world championships with Renault in 2005 and 2006. <laughs> I love how you just devalued his two oh, world no, I'm about, championships. Just let me talk because it's, I'm going to give him the credit where it's You're like due. his only two world champions. <laughs> He won two titles back to back in 2005, 2006, becoming the youngest pole sitter, the youngest race winner, the youngest world champion, and the youngest two-time world champion in F1's history at the time. Okay, he was, he was 24. So let me just preface this with, he was a real legitimate badass. Okay, yeah. Fernando had it going on with all the things. With okay. love and all do, I think he still does have it going on. Um, again, we disagree a lot on this pod and that's where we're going to disagree continually. So, um, in 2007, he joins, he's with McLaren and he finishes one point behind the, the world champion who at that time was Kimi Raikkonen. So imagine the frustration you feel if you are Fernando Alonso and you have just been deemed, you made history by being the youngest winner back-to-back world championship titles and you miss out by one point, enter chip on the shoulder, okay? Yeah. That's gonna be a big one. And I get it, like you need some fuel in the belly to get that fire going, totally understand. So- Hold on, can I take a one quick moment, a quick yes, beat since you mentioned course, the Iceman, Kimi Raikkonen? Yeah. Did you see that he was in, he raced in NASCAR <laughs> and that they, his whole demeanor's changed? America, American Kimi is 
hugging babies, making friends in the paddock, live, laugh, loving in NASCAR. I shared yeah. the link on Twitter if you want to read about it. Well, fantastic. I mean, I did, I did. No, I, I mean, I loved seeing him. I feel like Kimmy just has Kimmy more of a NASCAR, NASCAR vibe for he does. me. I yeah. mean, I don't know if that's profiling or stereotyping or what, but like it just kind of feels like that's his place. Well, so he was supposedly hobnobbing it with all of the NASCAR bros and like hugging babies and like having a good time, had his family. And I read this art. I posted the article on Twitter so you can find it. But also Lando Norris said that in his entire time in Formula One, Kimmy never talked to him once. <laughs> and Kimmy's in NASCAR for five minutes and is just chatterboxing with everybody. So... I, I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know again, what to say about that. I just need to leave that here. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's amazing. I think I love Kevin it. belongs in NASCAR and I'm here for it. 100%. Give him a bush light and send him in an <laughs> oval. Like, love it. Sorry. Back to Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so Fernando leaves McLaren in 2007, which I'm going to, I'm going to enter here why he leaves. <laughs> McLaren in 2007. Yeah, he's real pissed um, because in 2007, McLaren had some shady shit going on. Oh, so, this is, goes back to your book. This goes back to the book. It all and goes I'm going to the book. always bring this back. Um, the Mechanic by uh, Mark Elvis Presley is one of my favorite books. We will link it. If, we need to do a highlight tab for that because I feel like we get that question a lot. Um, but it's a great book. I highly recommend listening on audio because when Mark reads it he sounds like the Geico Gecko and there's nothing more exciting than listening to the Geico Gecko talk to you about Formula One it's great but so in um this was 2007 that he was at McLaren so at this point in McLaren's day Nigel Stephanie leaked Ferrari's tech info and drawings and car data to Mike Coughlin how dare how dare he uh, Mike gave all of these drawings and intel to his wife to make copies of. So she goes to the town copy shop, makes the copies. Just the owner copies. casually making copies of stolen just, documents from Ferrari. Like no one's going like to It's like the notice. low budge FedEx Kinko's oh. in town. <laughs> exactly. It's 100%. So the owner of, of the Photoshop is like, this, these look like Ferrari drawings just so happens that the owner is a huge Ferrari fan and is like, absolutely not. He said, how dare, how dare you reports it. Um, and so then they launch an, an investigation at McLaren. Now, all of this to say that McLaren eventually gets how mad was that guy and his wife? Oh, <laughs> he's like, you had one job. One don't job take Susan, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Why'd you pick that copy shop? Like, like doesn't your it. friend Linda have an office copy 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 yeah. machine we could have used instead? Nope. You know, maybe maybe you should have done a little better job. Don't but, take you know, him down to Bruno's. Like, <laughs> maybe she was coffee. mad because her husband just couldn't get his shit together. So she was like, you know what? Fine, I'll if make that's the copies. Not the most. He's like, I don't know where to make copies. If that's not the most husband asking a wife thing. Of all time. He's like, I don't, what, what, how what do, do I make I do copies? She's like, I'll take it. Fine. <laughs> it so as all this is coming out, like the Intel is still being used at McLaren. Okay. And apparently this is something that they all did back in the day. Like they had hired photographers that would take pictures in the paddock of the cars and then the drawings, the drawings. Exactly. The drawings? Yeah. So the engineers used this Intel and incorporated it into their test programs. And 
Guess who? Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Fernando Alonso was like, sweet. I like the tire pressure on this car. I like the gas they use to fill these tires. I like to do all of these things. So this is all happening in the garage of McLaren. And I should have just made him in the fur, put him in a Ferrari. <laughs> put him in a Ferrari. Him in a well, Ferrari. you know, he, well, you know, do you know Fernando did drive for Ferrari? No, I did not. Yeah, he did for uh, quite a few years, actually, oh. from 2010 to 2014. Oh, love that. I learned that. Right. I was like, oh, wait, I didn't know that. Uh, but I want to read you a little excerpt because somebody on Reddit said it a lot better than I could. So I'm just going to um, give you a little bit of the background of the murkiness that happened between all of this. Um, so let's see. Eventually, oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say. McLaren gets in trouble. Any, did you learn from your last? <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm not, I get too nervous under pressure. I'm not going to read it. So <laughs> McLaren gets in a heap of trouble. They get a hundred million dollar fine. Casual. Casual, which is still the largest fine in sports history. Okay. So big deal. And it's all really because Fernando was the whistleblower being like, oh, they're having their button heads. They're not having a good time. Fernando's like, really? Because I know that you guys saw the intel and this is what I know. So he was like, tweet, tweet. Here you go. Now, here you go, Ron Dennis. Have a good time. Um, so Ron Dennis is like, ah, how dare you? So they part ways and not well. Like they're not having oh, yeah. a good time. Okay. So he, Fernando leaves McLaren in 2007, which he's happy to do because remember 2007 was when Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton. joins He's McLaren on the scene. is on the scene and given Fernando a run for his money. Like does they don't get along. Their engineers don't get along. It's either team Fernando or team Lewis. There is no happy intersection between the two. That is for a different story, but you just need to know leading up. This is where we're going with Fernando. And, need, and okay. this is a different story also, but you all need to know this is where Shannon's. Mm. Deep-seated, deep-seated resentment and hatred. Yes, stems from this exact moment. This exact moment, because when I found out that Fernando was doing my boy on the dirty, dirty, I was out on Fernando. I was like, "That's it. I need a new villain. He's too much for me. I gotta go." Okay, but do you think that it was totally one-sided? No, I feel like Lewis plays the game. I, Lewis, especially in his earlier years, before yeah. he found Angela and found him, got right with himself. Found, like, you know, the, and the eternal moon and the stars of and the like earth. all the karma from. I believe Lewis <laughs> would have done what needed to get done to do his job. But yeah. I also think, and this is the difference between the two. Okay. I think that Lewis was just a more competitive driver coming into a like coming into his own with a little more ease than what Fernando had to do to get to where he got. Not again, I'm not taking anything away from what Fernando did to get to where he like in the sense of like how he was driving a car and how he was really great at what he was doing. None of that. I'm not saying that any of that. I wasn't feel great. like it's more of a like Fernando saw like a little bit of himself and was like, no, I'm the good young person. Exactly. He was like, this rookie's not going to come in and, and like take, my take away my glory. glory. Right. Which is, again, just growing the chip on Fernando's shoulder bigger and bigger and bigger. OK, so like. I understand a villain. I really relate to them. I'm sorry. I wonder. I get it. I get it, I get Fernando. It. Yeah, I understand. I mean, like, I see, I see it, um, but I can't unsee also what I see. So this is where things get really interesting. Um, Fernando ends up leaving McLaren, very happy to part ways, and then goes back to Renault. 
And in 2008, at the inaugural Singapore Grand Prix, which is under the lights, under the lights, which was the first time in 2008 that they did it under the lights, um, we have something that will now be forever known as Crashgate. Dun dun dun! <laughs> exactly. So 2008, we have Fernando Alonso at uh, Renault and his teammate Nelson Piquet Jr. Okay. Mm. Who, if you don't know, is the son of Nelson Piquet, who is a three-time world champion and also the father of Kelly Piquet, who is Max Verstappen's girlfriend. Okay. And ex-wife of, or were they married? Who? Was Kelly Piquet married to him or were they just dating? What's his to name? Her dad? That would be weird. No, no, no. 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 The other driver. <laughs> the one that. Oh, I don't, I don't know if they were married. I think that's just baby daddy. Okay. But if you want to fact check that, then you go right ahead. But I Danny Kivat, right? Yes, because that is who Max Verstappen took his place at Red Bull. And then life. still is still at life. Is, he took his place at, at life. Like just replaced him. So you got to go. He said, bye. Bye. Here. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Very, um, very connected. Into very the- connected. The PK family is very interwoven within Formula One. So, but however... Nelson Piquet Jr. didn't exactly have the most um, stellar career in Formula One. In fact, it was like, I think a little bit frustrating for everybody involved that they were putting so much pressure on this kid and he just kind of failed to launch type deal. But, Uh, you know, it happens happens happens. when you're a junior sometimes. Yeah, especially when your dad's like Mr. Formula One for a long time. It's It's hard. So what happens at this race is kind of it, it, obviously it's a big deal but it's very controversial um in lap 14 on turn 17 nelson pk crashes into the wall and this particular spot on the track is a very tricky spot to get a safety car in and get everything removed okay so this oh, okay. is a long lengthy time they in gotta get a crane they or gotta something. get yes it's a big mess okay it's a big mess fernando just happened to pit early on a two pit stop strategy here and was already in the pits when PK hit the wall. So that means that when he got out of the pits, he's in first place, right? He is going into first place, but he's also going into first place with clean air because every car around him at that point had like safety car comes out. Fernando's already halfway around the track when the safety car comes out, everybody behind them has to finish their lap, go into the pits, do their thing, and then they can come out. So he's already a full, almost a full lap ahead of everybody in clean air before they even come out of the pit. Sounds smart. Well, it is very smart, very, very smart strategy, Um, but also a very controversial strategy when you kind of look at like it's an aggressive strategy for somebody who starts in 15th place hasn't really had a very competitive or done anything all season up to this point um and it's like he comes in with like a a weird fuel amounts but only until lap 14 which is when the crash happened it's like a whole like so they crashed nelson pk on purpose so Yes. yes. They, that, they, I, I'm, they I'm here learning yes. the story as well. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's smart. Um, <laughs> so, but kind of a side story of, of this is this is the race where 
the in the Ferrari in this pit stop that happened, Ferraris they left the hose. The, uh, the fuel hose in the car, the car. <laughs> drove I've off. Seen that. And like, if you see, if you watch the video, like the little fuel guy, like he like almost does like a backflip. I'm like, oh God, like that was like, it was scary. It's like watching grandma drive away from the gas pump with a solar car. You're like, oh shit. Um, it's legit all of our worst nightmares. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mirror as I'm- For sure. You're like, oh shit. So, um, you know, Fernando ends up winning this race. Um, only second to Nico Rosberg and third to Lewis Hamilton. So it's, he's, you know, feeling like he's got this shining moment. 2008 comes to a close. Everybody's fine. Everybody leaves the race and we, we all put it to bed. In 2009, Nelson PK Jr. gets dropped mm. from Renault. And he has the receipts. And he's a little bit pissed. Yeah, um, well. And he just, and he never scored a single point. Yeah. So Renault was like, listen, at least, I mean, at, go. by the end of it, Fernando had at least scored 13 points. He at least had a reason to stay at Renault. Nelson didn't. And Mr. Senor PK was like, oh, fuck no. Oh, he's, got, he's got some yas in him, you know. He's Yo. like, um, and we know what he said about sure. Lewis. So. Yeah, we know what he said. Yeah, we we are down with the P. Like down, I mean, like thumbs down on the PK. <laughs> not, not like we're down. <laughs> we're down. No, we are thumbs down. Um, absolutely not. So, uh, July 2009, he gets fired. Um, Flavio Vittori and Pat Simmons are responsible at Renault at this point. Flavio is the, uh, Brigatori is the principal or is the engineer um, and Pat Simmons is the team principal. So that is when Nelson Piquet Jr. says, listen, these two told me I had to crash. And in August of 2009, a Brazilian TV show comes out with a story about what happened and says that PK was ordered to crash, which forced the FIA to investigate the alleged incidences. I use that in quotes. Um, and September 4th, the FIA officially accused Renault of conspiring with Nelson PK Jr. to fix the Singapore, Singapore Grand Prix in 2008. September 10th comes along and PK Jr., his statement was leaked to the press. Now, if you know anything about any Brazilian background, like these people, it's like interwoven. It is like it's also that it wasn't. I mean, if you know anything about the like, they didn't the press, yeah, the press is going to do it, but they're also going to be like, "Okay, Paso, what happened?" Um, so Brigatori well, and Simmons <laughs> are con, you know conjuring up this plan to fix the race, and at the time, the FIA says it doesn't seem like Fernando Alonso knew, but it would be worth mentioning that it was he was um, that that Alonso never questioned the aggressive strategy. strategy going into this race. Well, he was kind of like a don't ask, don't tell. Like, well, don't tell yes. me, but like I got it, like a little wink. Yeah, there's like, also I don't video, need to know <laughs> video footage that you can see um at the end of the race like when fernando comes into the the garage like the look like it 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 looks like you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar kind of thing like it it looks like he is guilty I'm of flashing back like, to all those drive to survive episodes where he's like get the fucking camera and the mic out of like here. i don't want it exactly. and i don't know if it was the last race or the race like two races ago but <laughs> but nelson um uh uh, Martin Brundle was trying to talk to him and was just standing next to him. And he's like, I don't want to talk to you. And then he yeah. just stood there yeah. and he's like, I'm not going to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> it was very awkward. And you're like, and I was like, away. move along. Keep it moving. <laughs> like, where's yeah. the producer in his ear to be like, he, we 
Keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because Martin Brundle has a comment, like a quote on this. And it's like, you know enough about what's going on in your garage and what your orders are before you ever step foot in a race car. And I was mm-hmm. like, Martin oh! said what he said. Martin said what he said. So, um, <laughs> September 10th, all this happens. Renault files a suit against the PKs. Simmons said it was all PK's idea to crash. Uh, yeah. And September 5th. Why would it be his idea? Because Pat Simmons can't take responsibility for this because then he admits guilt that he did yeah. something wrong. No, I get it. But like, yeah. that's the dumbest argument. What you think PK's in the, the guys, I'll crash. Yeah, like, let's crash let's it. Crash. Guys, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I'm out on this race. I don't like it. The lights are bothering me. Let's just crash the car. Maybe if this guarantees my seat for next year, I can stay. Like, hey, you guys want me to crash it so that I can hang out longer? Like, no, that's the dumbest thing ever. Also, I Googled Nelson Piquet Jr. And Nelson Piquet at a young age could get it. Oh, 100 P. I was like, look at that swoopy bang before a swoopy bang. I know. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Um, (laughs) September 15th, time published the radio oh yeah i did look this up and i was like oh once the fia saw the radio like conversation they're like listen you guys are fucking stupid idiots 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 um and september 16th simmons and brigatorio both leave renault they're like well he gets to go yeah after they five days before created a lawsuit against the PKs. They end up five days later just resigning. Um, so Renault is disqualified. They are put on probation for two years. Simmons, because of his cooperation with the FIA in the investigation, had a five-year ban. Um, Flavio Briatore gets banned indefinitely because he still claims that he's innocent. Mm. Um, and then Fernando Alonso was absolved of any wrongdoing. He also got to keep his race points from that race but it would have been a much tighter race if he didn't get to keep yeah, those yeah. but do you want to know who won um championship in 2008 the year that singapore crash gate happened i'm assuming that it's lewis hamilton or nico rosberg but i'm pretty sure it's lewis hamilton it's lewis hamilton yeah I know. and you know what also happened lewis became the youngest world championship winner so he got to take that away from Fernando Alonso. How dare. How, yeah. So you can't say funny. it. You can't even say it. <laughs> so funny. Um, this is the, again, this is the petty bullshit that I fucking love about this sport so much. It makes my heart so happy. Also, so, just I love Fernando Alonso's trail of tears uh, in Formula One. He's just oh. like lights the match and just tosses it well, over and his that's, shoulder. That's and he's like, on to the next one. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And that is it. where you will find Mr. He's Fernando living his Alonso. truth. And Senior maybe his truth is not for everyone because it's kind of dark and an shady asshole. and seated in deceit. But, yes. You know, I like someone living authentically. <laughs> God, but can't you do it with integrity? I just don't understand why more people don't want that in their life. I well, I mean, I agree. It. I would like some integrity, but if you're going to be like shady, then at least like be authentically shady. I mean, lean all the way fucking in. I get That's it. That's what I'm saying. But, like, I'm like, ugh. like so, this dude that doesn't want to take responsibility, just like own your shit be like, yeah, Detroit, like on the radio. You are the one who incriminated your team. I will link that. So you guys can read it at length. I don't like the way that it's, um, it's lined out. Like it's a good timeline, but it doesn't tell you how much space is in between each conversation. If that makes sense. So you don't really know like the time oh. in between this comment and that comment, which I think could be that really important context. to know. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, 
wow, this is really, he's like, it takes about, I don't know, five or six lines. And it, that seems like to be a, a whole different conversation in the, the radio context the transcript. Yeah. From when PK hits the wall to when Brigatori asks if he's okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, that should be like, and there's several well, no engineers, like engineers right away asking like, is he okay? Is he okay? What happened? Is he okay? Is he... And then it's like long, long time. Then we hear from Senor Brigatori. Hmm. Is he okay? Hmm. Um, so I go back to say Alonzo won the youngest championship at 24. Lewis won when he was 23 and 300 days. And so, Max beat that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it just sounds like we're hearing the beginning of like Fernando's super villain origin story. And I'm, it is. I like it. You know what? Like if you're going to be a bad guy, then like be good at being a bad guy. Like he's just like, y'all take that one. Y'all take care of it. Yeah. Keep on going. So he leaves. Um, he was with Renault 2008, 2009, goes to Ferrari from 2010 to 2014. Back to McLaren at 2015 through 2018. They took him back. They're just they like, took him back. back. But they got they got rid of Ron Dennis, too, which is, I yeah, think, yeah. a lot of the bullshit that happened at McLaren. But then I think when he left, they were like, listen, we just need to agree that we'll never come back and revisit the story ever again. Like, this is just. Yeah, you locked it up and they just you locked it up and let it go. He took a two year sabbatical, which he did some um, other types of racing and then he returned. Did Le Mans, didn't he? Too? Yeah, like, he yeah. won that. Um, yeah. And then he did like the 24 hour Daytona race. He won that. Um, and then returned in 2021 with Alpine. And that is, he said he was going to retire, but then he was like, psych, I'm back. Like, just kidding. So (laughs) interesting that that's, and that's where we end with Crashgate. Um, but there was something very interesting and I will link this video that this, this guy does like the best job. It's like a 16 minute long video. I've watched it several times. I was like, this is very interesting. Um, he does a great job, but he also leaves it up to you in the comments to decide, like, did Fernando know? Like, it's interesting. Like a mystery. A mystery, you know, because he was absolved of it. But there's also um, back in 2003 at the European G- uh, GP, Alonzo break checks. Um, this guy called hard, uh, which caused a wreck and caused that guy not to finish the race, which also put him out of points for um, winning and Alonzo's like I, I didn't do anything and the guy was like I mean he's a great driver but this random brake check that happened right in front like of me was my tail. <laughs> very inconsistent with how he was driving from the rest so he's like I'm not going to say he did it on purpose I'm just going to say it's really inconsistent with how he was driving the rest of the race and honestly like, this whole story has only made me love Fernando Alonso more I think now I'm a full full-fledged fan <laughs> well I I think that you're and honestly that comes after i re-listened to our episode where you dogged charles leclerc and i think that that's where this comes from i think i'm holding on to some deep-seated resentment so your grudge against my opinion is just going to fuel my grudge against your opinion okay well it's fine that's going into the second half of the season we'll be coming with some strong content <laughs> Did you see we had a new fan that joined? I don't know if you've seen this comment or not. But this no. girl was like, Shannon, I 1000% agree with you about the Carlos and Charles of it all. And I was like, thank you so much for being here. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Well, they yes, know that you're in all the other DMs you. that were like, what is wrong with Shannon? <laughs> that was rare. I, I love, I love that this new listener has heard that your that words of affirmation are your love language and has come through <laughs> right for you. Yeah. So mine is acts of service and clearly the pit crew know that because they just send me pictures of Charles Leclerc and that's which is again, this is why we are in the right space. Your people give you what you want. (laughs) My, my side of the garage gives you what I want. Your side of the garage gives you what you want. I'm about to go follow uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. from our push push account and see what he's up to these days. Oh yeah. Give me a deep dive on him. I know. See what's going on. I'm just over here on these Google images being like, okay, Nelson. Okay. I, I know. He's... Not to Nelson senior. Cause no, no, thank you. <laughs> but Nelson vacation here. Okay. Yeah. That's uh it's interesting. So hope you enjoyed this little trip down Alonso Prince of Darkness Lane. And you know, <laughs> if you have Darkness any questions <laughs> or comments about what you've heard in today's episode, send us a DM. Uh, just, you know, let us know what you think. Cause I, I, I can't wait to hear what, what the people think about this, Fernanda. I would like to, you know, I, if you love a villain, I feel like this story really just, you know, I think you Resigates. should jump aboard Max Verstappen's villain plane and oh, they could do total world domination. I think if, if Fernando was going to be on Max's villain plane, Fernando would have like his own area where it'd be yeah. like. You can come and hang out when and if you're ready. But if you bring a bag of snakes on this fucking plane, like, that's the kind of bullshit they're going to be doing. Um, I may be hitting up the merch store and finally hitting uh, add to cart on that Fernando Alonso hat. I think <laughs> oh, I have gonna... to wait, though. I got to wait till he switches yeah. to Aston Martin. But it's it's his brand. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah but the color will change, won't it, a little bit? Yeah. Do you know anything about that hat? No, but I love it. All right. Well, I'm giving you homework. I know, but I want you to tell the story. Um <laughs> Tell us this, the origin story on Mr. Fernando Alonso's hat next time. Okay, sounds okay. good. Uh, speaking of hats, yeah. because it was this. This is so stupid and niche, but I was doing. <laughs> I do the New York Times crossword puzzle every Sunday, and one of the clues this week was minnow. One of the answers was minnow, and then I went to mission. When now? Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which you thought forever was minnow. <laughs> yes, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's anyways it. you know i can't I pronounce do- the word nurture so you know it's fine <laughs> uh how these how my brain put these all things together but their hats don't they don't have that hat anymore they don't have the, the mission, mission win now, now. Yeah. it still exists i follow it on ig and they've been still posting but i was like what happened you know maybe they listened hats. to the pod and they were like they're on to us <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a Philip, if you didn't know, yeah, it's a Philip Morris like initiative to basically allow them to advertise in right. things where they can't advertise cigarettes. So because that, that money got banned a couple of years ago, but apparently you yeah. can still backdoor it and put a foundation up and then you can take the money again. You can do it all that way. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, let's do some quick predictions. Okay. For spa. Who okay. do you think is going to be on the podium? I think we're going to get a double Mercedes oh, and a Max Verstappen. How's, what's the finish? What's the order? Max. You can't trifecta box these. Okay. <laughs> it's going to go Max, Lewis, George. Oh, okay. I like that. I'm going to give you my realistic podium and then I'm going to okay. give you, um, my, dream heart. my dream, my dream podium. Okay. Charles, George, 
max, not dream, but that's what I would like to happen. Okay. Or like, that's what I, that's what I want. How you don't I, want a double Ferrari podium. No, I don't No, Not after this after last week. <laughs> wow. So you're going to let my, yeah, I need Charles to have total Carlos's success and your Tifosi success. You want to see, okay. Understood. understood. I want the Tifosi to succeed. I just don't think Carlos just is a not superior Carlos. podium okay. driver. So fourth place for Carlos. Okay. What I think is going to happen is I think we're going to shit the bed once again. And I think that it's going to be Max, George, and then I'm going to sneak in a Lando. So I'm giving you two podiums, two podium okay. options. Two podium option. Got it. Two. There you go. Write it down. So there we go. <laughs> I mean, I think Max is probably going to win. So whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, whatever, whatever. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, you guys at this point, it's like a, mixed bag we live in the upside down i don't know which way is up anymore so we'll f- we'll see we'll We're see gonna, we'll see what's we'll gonna see. happen at spa crazy things can't wait though some we changes to the cars i bet i bet we get to see some new like you know yeah they've been working they've been yes. doing things so i'm excited mm-hmm. yep this has been great well i appreciate this deep dive you're welcome uh, it was lovely. And I guess I have some assignments for next week and we will be back to do a full race recap. It's a race week. It's race week, you guys. It's <sighs> I love it so much. It's going to be so great. Um, we'll, right. we'll put up a little, uh, when we put this episode out, we'll put up a little comment box. You guys can throw your podium predictions in yes. there too. That'd so make sure you're following us on Instagram at F1 push push. Uh, we're there and TikTok, And then um, F1 push push pod on Twitter. And you know, you, you know, the chin is love language is words of affirmation. So if you would rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to them, it's nice words, nice words only. <laughs> <laughs> it would make her happier than Fernando Alonso leaving another team in ruins. And until next time, push, push. <laughs> <laughs>